Flush the bombers, get the subs in launch mode. We are at DEFCON 1. DEFCON 1. Right here in Cincinnati. Welcome to glorious Cincinnati, Queen of Ohio's Alpine Ski Resorts. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I Cincinnati, the best town in Ohio, USA. At first they called it Cincy, but since Cincy is so natty, they named it Cincinnati, so they say. Hey, the girls are pretty, pretty in this gritty little city. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds October podcast. I'm your host, Coop, and tonight we've got some people here to talk some Reds baseball with you as we hit the midpoint of the 2020 season. First up, a special guest making his first appearance on the podcast. You know him from Red Leg Nation and the host of the Red Leg Nation radio podcast. Chad Dotson, how are you tonight? Wow, I'm really doing this. <laughs> Well, <laughs> situations <laughs> situation changed so that you could be on. And I appreciate that, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, we appreciate having an actual podcaster on the podcast for a change. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're over uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Maybe you'll increase our tens of listeners. We, <laughs> we also have Ryan back on the podcast. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um my sweet little baby boy, Jose Garcia, has made the, his debut, and I really celebrated it on Twitter last night. Yes, Jose, we'll get into that. Jose Garcia is now a member of the Cincinnati Reds, finally, and some other people aren't. Um, here's the thing. Polly, how are you tonight? Coop, here's the thing. I'm living a dream, my friend. How about you? Doing well, doing well. I can't pop a top because mine's a Model of Modelo. It's okay. <laughs> Shout out to Bill. So, to, the Reds have made a series of moves, and we're going to get into this topic first because of the breaking nature of some of the news. Earlier today, the Reds designated for assignment Phil Irvin. Short, you know, his nickname, of course, Perv didn't catch on, but still, seems like a good guy. He's not actually a pervert, people. Come on. Uh, D. Sclafani was brought back from the paternity list. De, uh, Jose De Leon was called up, and they signed a pitcher, Jay something. <laughs> he uh, he pitched in Japan and with the Brewers recently. Uh, he's going to go to Presco Park. Jay Jackson. Jay Jackson. And then the breaking news. Yep. Cody Reed, who had been designated for assignment, has been traded to the Tampa Bay Rays for Ryan O'Brien, who, according to Baseball America, is their 24th-ranked prospect. Chad, give us your thoughts on the Reds' moves of the day, and Riley O'Brien. How's well, how, how's he hit you? He's twenty five years old, and what he was in 
started the year in high A last year. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I'm too excited about that. But, uh, you know, Cody Reed's a guy that I always felt like he's still got a live arm. He just never could get it together. Maybe this is a, an opportunity for him to get it together. I hope so. For his sake, I don't think the Reds have necessarily lost much. Although when you start trading with the Tampa Bay Rays, it kind of makes me a little nervous because they kind of know what they're doing most of the time. But this is yeah. probably a nothing trade to get anything out of uh, out of uh, Riley than I think wonderful. But uh, getting a warm body for Cody Reed at this point probably was was pretty good. No, I agree with you that Tampa Bay has kind of become the Atlanta Braves of trading pitching prospects. That it used to be if the Braves traded a prospect, a pitching prospect, you knew something was up. But now, you know, Luke Thomas is starting to turn out. So thank you, Atlanta. And the, now Tampa Bay's kind of taken that, uh, taken that hat of we're gonna we're we're not gonna trade you pitching unless we know something. Yeah, yeah, and, and maybe with Cody Reed, it's just a situation where they see a guy that still has a a good arm, and they can get him for essentially free. Let's, mm-hmm. let's take a shot at this guy. You know, he's had, had success in the past, maybe not on the big league level, but you know, for, from their perspective, it's. Nothing to it. From the Reds' perspective, you know, uh, I don't know a lot about this guy since this just happened. I just saw it uh, before we came on. But, you know, if, if you get anything out of him, it's a win because I'm not sure we were going to get much out of Cody Reed. Agreed. And best of luck to Cody Reed. He's he's always been a good guy. He, I've interacted with him on Twitter, and he interacts with Reds fans and always been a good guy to the fans, at least. Yeah, but, he's a guy that I've always been rude for. Oh, he's absolutely. He just seemed like a, you know, he's, he, he just uh, – one of the, you know, just a great guy and all the, all the stories about him are the same. And so I, I agree. I, I hope this is a turning point where he can maybe change the scenery works for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ryan, your thoughts on the Reds moves of the day. I mean, well, I mean, I kind of said it, it just doesn't seem like uh, Cody Reed ever really put it together here. And, you know, if there's probably th- three organizations as a pitcher that you go to, um, if you're trying to get your career on track, the Dodgers, uh, the Cincinnati Reds and uh, and the Tampa Bay Rays. So if anyone can get something out of him, um, you know I'm hopeful that the Rays can uh, can do that. So uh, as far as Jackson or not Jackson, but as far as um, O'Brien goes, you know I, I said before the podcast, 11 starts at Double A, had a 3.93 ERA. Um, he's probably got some spin stuff that you know we probably don't know about, but the teams do. Um, no, so we'll see what he's got. Most likely going to be a bullpen piece, but if anybody can get anything out of anybody, it should be Derek Johnson. So we'll see where that comes from. Um, I'm a little upset that they weren't able to to pry, you know, a uh, Shane Boz, you know, their fifth overall prospect. But I guess we'll take the 24th. I, I was hoping for Blake Snell, but that now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Wander Franco. I mean, you know, you'd look right, great. <laughs> or or like a Brandon Lau kind of, you know. Apparently, right. that was just too much to ask. Just too much, too much. <laughs> uh, here's the thing, Polly. Uh, bun- bunch of moves today. Yeah. Go ahead. What? Uh, well, here's the thing. Um, baseball is a business. I always say, and unfortunately, it was the end of the road for Cody Reed, Cody Reed and um, Philip Irvin. I was sa- I was more sad about the Philip Irvin move than anything. I always enjoyed watching him play. Um, never thought him or Cody. I feel like them, them two are always blocked in a way. Whenever they were like, seem like they could like have that moment to come up and like prove themselves worthy, they were always kind of blocked or they were like hampered by injury. Not Irvin, but uh, Cody Reed especially. Um, it was just unfortunate. But cheers to them. I hope they uh, do better in the future. Yeah, Phil Irvin, former first round pick. I had had some high hopes for him. And last year, I thought he had turned a corner. He was mashing lefties. 
last year, but so far this year, three three base hits, no extra base hits, and unfortunately, he was a victim of the numbers crunch of a sixty game season. So, best of luck to Phil Arvid too. Also, never heard anything bad about him. Seems like a good guy. So, I'll be rooting for him if he latches on somewhere else. So, I'll say this. Go ahead. This too. I'll say this too. You don't need Phil Irvin to match lefties if Jesse Winker's going to lefties. Jesse Winker has gone yard again tonight. And Touché. of course, he doubled he, as well, I think. Yes, he's doubled. He's went yard. Yeah. And of course, he's gotten hot again after I dropped him in the fantasy league. He hit two home runs the day after I dropped him. Thank you, Jesse. <laughs> I'm trying to pick him up. Yeah. I got him. <laughs> you can't pick him up till when is, Sunday. What is that waiver? What is it's that Sunday. Waiver it's Sunday. Oh, and I think I'm good. like down at like 10th in the waiver priority. So you are going to get him. Uh, Jesse, of course, short for Jessethy. I thought it was yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm just shaking my head too, Chad. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so since the since the Reds have made this major trade today, it got me thinking about the trade deadline, which is Monday. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I had to think what day is today? Yeah. Ever since quarantine days just don't seem to matter. I think it was, was a John Heyman that came out today with a tweet said that the Reds are buyers, that they're not going to sell, especially Trevor Bauer, even though he is a free agent. At the end of the season, uh, they can extend a qualifying offer to him, which with as good of a season as he's had now, you would, you would normally think that he might reject, but we don't know what the offseason is going to bring with the economics of no fans and only a 60-game season. So, Chad. What would you like to see the Reds do in terms of pieces at the deadline? I guess I kind of need to qualify my answer with the, the fact that I'm not sure any of us really know what the uh, the market's going to be like because so many more teams are technically in the hunt. Right. So, you know, yeah. There's not going to be as many uh, quote unquote sellers. And so, you know, I think the Reds have to try to improve the bullpen, obviously. I think that's the number one spot to look. But other than that, you know, it's going to depend on whether a Lindor is available. You know, if they can get a shortstop, and I just don't know that there's going to be any big deals like that at, at the trade deadline. But because I just, you know, every team can talk themselves into believing they're still in the race at this point, and so I, I'm guessing there's not going to be a lot of activity. That's my opinion. I I was looking earlier. I think there's only like four teams who realistically do not have a shot, like the Pirates, the Royals. Stupid pirates. Yeah, the pirates. Who married, I think it was earlier today, Jared Dyson to the yeah. White Sox. And the oh. Ro- Royals made a trade with the, was it with the Rays for, I can't remember who it was. But what you're saying is you don't think Phil Everett's going to get um, Francisco Lindor from the Indians. He should. He was a first draft pick. First round draft pick. I mean, they don't grow on trees, people. Exactly. <laughs> we should demand Francisco Lindor in exchange for Phil Irvin. No, about Phil Irvin, I'm the same way as Cody Reed. I always thought he was going to be better, and he never really truly grabbed the brass ring because really hitting lefties is his only game. But wish him the best of luck. Uh, And I hope he gets to stick around. I hope he makes it clear and has to go uh, to Presco because I'd love to have him around. Just his depth. Absolutely. He could could console Aristides Aquino for his exile to Presco Park, which don't even get me started on that. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, even before the moves of today, why why is he still down there? 
I just there's got to be something that we know. That's that he's just right. uh, performed horribly at the at Prasco or, or his bat speed is down or something. It's got to be something we don't know because it makes no sense otherwise. And we don't know because as I read in an article the other day, scouts aren't allowed at these team alternative sites. So unless the team releases something, we don't know what's going on there. Sure. Jim, Jim Day said something interesting on TV. He said that they have to even get some like trainers to play some positions because they can't f- fill a full team to play nine against nine. Breaking news, Mike Moustakis just Buckner the ball at first base. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I, I saw that too because they only have so many players and the, there's a lot of pitchers there. So you don't have enough outfielders, apparently. I saw that, uh, I forget who they said it was, was playing left field the other day up, up there. Uh, Ryan, your thoughts? I mean, I'm available to play left field at Prasco Park if they need me to. Uh, I just need a hotel room. That'd be great. I would love it. I don't know. You, with your heart situation, you'd probably croak. You, you'd probably <laughs> share yourself right there at Presco Park. So, probably. <laughs> but trade deadline. Uh, um, yeah. So trade deadline. Um, I think we're going to see. I think it's going to be minor moves, um, and I think it will be mainly concentrated in the bullpen. Um, that shit show that is the bullpen, or has been. Other than Lucas Sims, Amir Garrett, and um, you know Tian Tone when they've needed to use him there. Um, you know, it's not been great. So I, I think they, I think they need to focus on that area. And also, I don't think they need Francisco Lindor, Chad, because they've already got a shortstop and that, his name is Jose Garcia. Hey, listen, I'm all in. I'm all in with Jose Garcia. <laughs> he may not be Lindor, but I'm happy to see him be the red shortstop for the next 15 years. He, he, he just about flubbed one right there in the rain. Couldn't get the ball out of his glove, but was able to get the That's force fine. out instead of the double play. That's fine. As long as Mally doesn't serve up a tater here, he'll be all right. Mally out here in the seventh inning, by the way. Good effort from him after giving up a couple of home runs in the first inning. But anyway, here's the thing. You, you, lo- you love to see it. Love to see it. And he's coming out now. Paulie, trade deadline. Go ahead. Chad, you, gotta, you have brought up a good point. A lot of teams are still in it, and they still some teams still think they're in it too. And it's funny what's going to happen. And I brought it up earlier in our chat and I said, what if we traded for Lindor with knowingly that we have an option to off offer an extension to him and that he could like accept it, but, but we got to get rid of green and um, India for it. Is that even Some allowed in MLB now. though? I don't know. I don't know. I know it's allowed in like the NFL to do like a sign and trade and the NBA, I don't know if that's if allowed in MLB. It'd be interesting if it was. That'd be interesting if you could, like, you know, be like, "Hey, you know, like play for us and like let's talk about a contract." You know, Bob Castellina has the money. <laughs> there's al- there's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> always, always. I the Reds should be buyers of a bullpen guy, and they might have to give up someone. And that prob- that person's probably going to be Jonathan India. Well. Back to not being a whole lot of sellers, the Royals have a pretty good bullpen, and Jim Bowden seems to think that the Reds are going to trade Jesse Winker for Whit Merrifield and uh, um, Trevor Rosenthal. Sorry, name skipped my head for a minute. And then he had another trade where they were acquiring three more relievers from the Royals. So 
Whitmerfield and four relievers from the Royals. I don't know if that's going to happen, Jim Bob, but Trevor Rosenthal, the Rosenthal, if I could speak, is an intriguing guy because he seems to have his velocity back. He was hurt for a couple years there, former Cardinal, which is him. But <laughs> yeah, he was he completely broken for a couple of years. Uh, like he he just he lost all of his stuff for a while. I'd love to have Rosenthal. I, oh, I think he, I think he, he fits well uh, into the back end of this bullpen. I'd love to have him. Oh, absolutely. I'm not sure what it would take. I'm not sure of his contract situation either. If he's a free agent, then maybe it wouldn't take a whole lot. Uh, but again, this is such a weird dynamic right now with the would, short season and extended playoffs and all that. Go ahead, Ryan. He'd have a chip on his shoulder. I think. I think he'd do well. Rosenthal here, yeah, in Cincinnati. I mean. Greg Holland, I don't know what he's got left, but he would probably be somebody you could get a lot cheaper than Rosenthal. I mean, it's an up, it's an up. He would be an upgrade over, you know, two thirds of the Reds bullpen as it is now. I mean, I don't trust anybody outside of Amir and Lucas Sims and occasionally T.J. Antone pitching out of the bullpen. So yeah, so I trust him and the rest of the guys. I, I mean, I don't trust any of them when they come in. I mean, Judas when he comes in, just it's it's like. Chad, if you don't know, Judas is uh, Michael Lorenzen. But <laughs> <laughs> That's, I did that. So, yeah, when uh, when he comes in, it's like, what's going to, you know, is he going to give up a bunch of home runs? St- uh, Robert Stevenson's back, but uh, he's only pitched one did game. The red, what happened to Pedro Strip? DFA'd. I mean, yeah, they DFA'd him from, uh, for Jose Garcia. Yeah. So when they, that's one I can't believe. I, ex- I expected a lot more out of Strope. I, you know, I did too. Two and a third yeah. innings. You know, I just uh, the like the way he wears his cap. What it makes me believe is that the Reds think he's done because why else would you DFA him if he's healthy? Yeah. Because David Bell had a comment of he, there wasn't a place for him, and I'm sitting there thinking if Pedro Strope is right and healthy, there's absolutely a place for him in the bullpen. But something. In so, this bullpen, yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He, just, a he, probably in this bullpen. he, just, he maybe <laughs> didn't fit well in with the crowd. I don't know, but I, I, I really liked that signing back before the virus hit. And, yeah, I was really disappointed to hear that news. Hopefully, you know, maybe he will clear waivers and go to Prasco, maybe get his stuff together and could come back up for a stretch run for the eighth playoff spot. Who knows? But that was a real surprising Especially given you had guys like Travis Jankowski, you could DFA. I'm just saying, the hippie. <laughs> uh, real, real quick, uh, Rosenthal will be a free agent after this year. So yeah, so it might not cost you a top ten spec to get him. Because it absolutely would not. It might might cost you Riley O'Brien. I mean, you're talking, <laughs> you're talking a, almost a little over a month of games that you're going to have him for before the particular playoffs. So. The flip side, though, of what I was saying earlier might be, though, that if a lot of teams are still in the hunt, there might be a lot of teams bidding for his services as well because they need a reliever. You know, that might be someone that uh, two, three, four teams are trying to get in on because they need to, everybody needs to fix their bullpen. I, I don't know. It's just all crazy. I don't know what to expect. That's true. And the Phillies got a couple of relievers from the Red Sox earlier this season. So though I, I, I agree with Chad that, and everybody that the bullpen is not just with it, it's going to be the hot commodity 
at the trade deadline this year. And since we still don't know the economics after the season, there's going to be teams that might not want to take on a big contract that somebody's looking to dump just because they don't know what's going to happen. So, yeah. I mean, I heard rumors of J.D. Martinez, but is anybody going to take the almost $100 million he's got left on his deal? I don't know. Not right now. <laughs> and definitely not the Reds. Not if, there, not if there's no fans in the stadium. Hell no. You know, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so. Can I, can I say this? I think yeah, go ahead. There were some, uh, not controversy, but some people have been saying, oh, the Reds probably need to be sellers. You know, they're not, they lose another game or two, they're out and be sellers. And I'm thinking, I can't imagine any scenario under which this team, even though they've played awful, I've, they've been so I just not fun to watch this year until like the last two days. But, um, but I couldn't imagine any scenario scenario under sellers. Why be sellers? There are eight teams getting the playoffs in the National League. You, you know, just go for it at this point. You, you, Bob Castellini dropped all this money in the off season. So I, some people were acting like they were surprised. I don't know that I don't, I'm not saying that you all were, but um, to me, I was like, yeah, I don't know if there's gonna be big deals to be made, but you got to go for it at this point. Well, they're one game out of the playoff spot coming into tonight, and two games behind the Cardinals for the second for second place in the Central, which is an automatic playoff spot. So. I agree with you that if you can add something, go for it. I mean, what do you got to lose? Yeah, they're barely out of the play after playing awful all season long. They turn it around just a little bit, and we're you know, we're right in there. And even if you try yeah, to, Chad, I was actually I was somebody I was somebody who said they should sell off, but I was basing it off the Brewers. This you know, this Brewers series was pretty important, and the fact that they went ahead and called up Jose Garcia because my my thinking was you sell off Galvis, you sell off. Uh, some of the other expiring contracts that you have and call up the young kids that are at Prasco and let them get their feet wet. You well, know, he's literally getting 21. He's literally getting his feet wet. tonight. But, right now. <laughs> literally, literally. Yeah. But they, they went ahead and made the moves, called up Jose Garcia and, um, you know, made some, trimmed some of the fat off of the roster and they went out and they swept the double header and they're looking pretty decent tonight. So, I mean, I'm all for buying. I don't want to spend too much though. Can I ask Ryan a question? Go for it. If the Reds win this game tonight, what will the, their record be in the uh, Jose Garcia era? Chad, they'll be fucking undefeated. Undefe- That's what they'll be. <laughs> undefeated! But he still doesn't know the record. 33 and 0. Oh, I got to look it up. I, I, it's three yeah, numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, numbers. I thought you meant He was told there would be no math. <laughs> There's, I'm awful at math. That's why I married my wife, who's a finance major. Well, there you go. She also makes you do a bunch of work around your house. Yeah, <laughs> she does. Actually, I missed most of the game because I was hanging curtains in our new house. So there you go. That's what meat curtains. <laughs> Never mind. Um, oh, so oh, oh. there we go. There's the podcast I know and love. There it is. Welcome to the Hunt for Reds you October. Show. Anyway, uh, maybe let's get to a serious topic. Come on, people. The Reds had to play a doubleheader yesterday because the the Brewers and the and the Reds jointly decided. More the Brewers, obviously, but anyway, decided to, and I don't, I don't want to say boycott because I don't think that's the right word. Protest by not playing the game the other night due to the shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, this was spearheaded more by the Milwaukee Bucks, who set a playoff game and got the NBA to cancel or postpone playoff games for almost the entire week, uh, just to get awareness for what happened. The Brewers followed suit. Some other teams in MLB did as well. Some MLS teams did. And then the NHL delayed their playoffs a day later. First off, 
more power to the players. I was proud to see that the the players in all of these leagues were using their voice to try to inspire change, using their actions to try to inspire change. And it may have worked, especially in the Milwaukee Bucks case, because they were able to get a hold of the Wisconsin DA or or Milwaukee DA or Kenosha, whatever. Chad, you might... Chad's probably sitting there pounding the desk right now, but uh, they were able to get a hold of them and the governor while they were, they weren't just sitting back in the locker room doing nothing. They were actively trying to get a revolution to the case of what happened. And I'm not, we're not going to rehash what happened. You know what happened if you've watched the news and we're definitely not getting into the politics of anything. But the other thing that happened is the NBA has agreed to let, NBA arenas that are sitting empty become polling places in November in the general election. So for all the people who said sitting out a game, what does that do? Well, it's done some things, especially in the NBA now. So I wanted to get your all's opinions. And again, you know, I don't want to get into the whole politics of everything. Personally, I, I think human rights are not a political thing, but Hey, who am I? Let's start with you, Ryan. Give me your thoughts on the solutions of the games across the leagues and how the Reds actually were almost, you know, tangentially uh, on the forefront of this. Yeah, um, I think they're great. I think they're a great thing. Uh, I think everyone, the the players choosing to sit out, some of the um, some of the statements that were given. Uh, I don't know if, if you guys saw this. Dom Smith um, did an interview. Um, at one point in time, he was crying. Um, as a as a white man who has grown up very privileged in my life, um, it's you know it's it's pretty humbling to just sit back and watch and listen to what people have to say um, about what's happening right now in our country. And these things are affecting so many people, and there's so many people that are just incredibly angry about everything that's happened. And for us, you know. For the four of us sitting here, the best thing that we can do is listen and encourage others to listen and support these guys um, the best way that we can and do everything that we can and have conversations with our children and with the next generation to make sure that some of these issues that we're going through right now, we don't do them again. We don't have to go through them again in 30 years. So um, I fully support the players in whatever they decide to do, um, and that's what the NBA – Major League Baseball, NFL, um, fully support them on that. And, um, you know, it's. I think all of us just need to sit back and listen and actually listen with our ears and not just have somebody talking to us. Well, and I, I just wanted to add one thing before we go to Paulie is I've seen a lot of people saying, why, why are there violence and riots? Why can't we have peaceful protests? What happened in the major sports over the last few days is a peaceful protest. So why, why you say you want peaceful protests? Well, here's professional athletes doing peaceful protests, and they're still getting a bunch of crap for it. Anyway, <laughs> Polly, I, I completely agree with you on yeah. that. Ryan, here's the thing, Ryan. I agree with you 100%. Coop, I agree with you 100%. Well said, both of you. Um, the NBA NBA players have, have the last, I would say, the last decade maybe even longer have been ones actually stand up and have a voice and, and have really tried to make a change. But it's the first time I've actually seen professional baseball 
NHL, MLS, like take a stance, like take a major stance, and like and like in the beginning of their seasons, you know they would kneel and you know and 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 do and do what they could, but by taking the night off like that to to do what they did, it, it made me take a step back even more, and and made me want to listen more, understand more, and and reflect more too. And I I, I applaud players who stand behind everything that's going on and and or stand for what is right not as what not what and not what is wrong but um it's it's relieving a little bit to see more professional sports do what the nba has done for a long time there too so yeah the nba it's, it's really cool the nba has been on the forefront of demanding change and social justice so uh, i applaud the nba and they inspired these other leagues to do what they did so i agree completely that the nba has been on the forefront of that chad yeah go ahead uh you know i'm not sure that i I think y'all are uh, right on on the point i'm not sure i have a whole lot other intelligent uh, to add i think that uh, you talk about they're getting a lot of crap for it and i think actually the coverage of it has been very country players for good reason um I think the crap they're they're getting is that the NBA's ratings have been tanking anyway because of all this, and the fact that the NBA, you know, that the players actually did this with the uh, sort of uh, the league bought in, which is really sort of a powerful statement that mm-hmm. they permitted this. Uh, you know, that's not the right word, but that the league sort of, even though you know, there's an argument that it's going to cost them dollars. That's you know, that's an interesting sort of uh, turn that willing to sacrifice dollars potentially. To do something that we say, you know, this is the right thing to do. Um, to me, it's really amazing. What it demonstrated to me was how much power all of a sudden uh, professional athletes really have to call attention to some of these issues um, that are important to them individually. Um, because, you know, I was reading not too long ago about back in 1968, I think uh, Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain tried to organize a, a boycott or strike, something similar, after uh, the assassination of Martin Luther King. And couldn't get enough support from the players to do that, you know. Um, so, you know, something, some things have not changed enough as the, the professional athletes have shown us. But some, you know, that's really an interesting just sociological point here, which is that, um, you know, they had this gr- great platform. And the fact they were, uh, you know, the, they felt comfortable enough to stand up and uh, say this is wrong. And, and, and listen, I, you know, you all probably know my professional history. I've been a, uh, a judge and a prosecutor. And if there's someone that's uh, going to stand up and uh, say we need criminal justice reform, for example, I'm going to be the first one right there with you. I know I've been, I've been in the system for my mm-hmm. whole professional life. And I can tell you, we need uh, – we got lots of things that need to be fixed here. So, um, Coop, I think you're right. You know, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> everyone's like, well, what a, how about a peaceful protest? Instead of, you know, burning down a furniture store, you know, how about a peaceful, and that's what we got. And so you're not going to, you're not going to, people that say that aren't being intellectually honest when they say, come on, I'll support your peaceful protest, but not this other stuff. No, you know, um, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, and you know, there's no question in my mind, I think something's got to change. Oh, absolutely. I think it's just really a a, a really stark moment in American history that these were able to kind of stand up and do that. Yeah, it, uh. It, they asserted their First Amendment rights, and even if you disagree with what they did, which is fine, you know, you disagree, 
the fact that I mean, you have to respect that they they did something to try to affect change instead of just, you know, I mean, teams can just they can put out statements all they want. You know, you can say you can go on the radio and say this is bad, but they took a hit in their pockets, especially the NBA, because all of that, you know, all that ad revenue or whatever had to probably get forfeited. It was something it was it was different. Yeah, <laughs> they, they sacrificed something for what they believed in. That's supposed to be what America is about. Yeah. You know, it's the most American thing I can think of, really, in a lot of ways. I, mean, I think it was the first time for most athletes, actually, except for NBA players, for them to actually have a voice without their unions either. I think a lot of people realize, like, hey, we can actually stand up for our our own selves without having to go through our union to make sure that we feel okay to say something. Well, I feel like... Yeah, and to be fair, the unions, I think, have been unanimously... I cannot talk tonight. Unanimously in support of the players. Uh, There's been a lot of joint statements from like the like the MLS players association and the NBA players association not sure about MLB but that's just my ignorance on the on if they've made a statement or not but it's been welcome i think that the teams for the most part you know you can look up what happened with Real Salt Lake and their owner but uh, <laughs> anyway uh the teams the players he left tonight he left the team tonight by the way good uh, the teams, the players, and the unions have been united in a way across sports that maybe they've never been before. Maybe, maybe since nine eleven. And, and you know, I hate to bring that up, but I don't know. It was it was welcome, and I hope that it leads to impactful change, especially especially in the case of what the Bucks did. If you haven't if you haven't seen what what they were able to accomplish go look it up and read about it. I was really inspired by them. Okay. We've had enough seriousness. Why don't we get into some listener questions here? Can I ask a question real quick? Go for it. How is it that I showed up on the one episode of Hunt for Reds October where you all decided to be serious? (laughs) (laughs) No fair. I mean, we can, I mean, I I think think it's you. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, last, last week I know we were pretty serious. Uh, you know everything with Thom. Yeah, but on. you also had a good opportunity to you know, jab it at at Thom. Yeah, a <laughs> little bit. Well, <laughs> you know, Tom. It would have been fun to jab at him, but but I think with times now, it's. I think you have to grow up a little bit and be like, you know what, you know, point out, be like, actually, that is wrong. You know, you can laugh at it, but like, actually, what he did was actually really wrong. I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it was yeah. it was different than the normal Thomisms that, yeah, you know, you like know, he could. I don't know. I mean, he he annoyed me anyway. You know, Kyle Schwarber's from Middletown. You know, all the other things he'd done, but he had never done anything to this level, and I think it demanded that we were serious for at least a minute. That yeah. Okay. For sure, no, no question. I, and I, again, I don't want to get back into that. But yeah, uh, well, yeah, for sure. You, you all were uh, <laughs> yeah. the right point. How in the world can something like that happen in a workplace these days? It's just <sighs> blows my mind. So, anyway, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, some listener questions. The first one was actually asked before that I submitted the questions. This comes from Dominic Rivers, and he asked, "Just curious, what's your issue with Jim Day?" 
<laughs> Dominic, I'm not going to elaborate on that, but let's just say he's a horny man. Oh, God, I'm not touching it. Uh, that's what she said. He, so <laughs> He thinks he's a horny man. Uh, Chad, your thoughts? My thoughts are... Uh, I said something mildly complimentary about uh, Jim Day in our, our, my last podcast. And after we got off the air, uh, Chris Garber said, listen, uh, i got to remind you of this. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yes, that's right. So uh, it was a very mild, uh, uh, I a mean, very mild compliment, but uh, I was reminded that uh, he has a, uh, a history. Now, in, in Jim's day's defense, he has not dropped a slur a lot on live TV, at least. So. No, he did till <laughs> two drafts, though. Okay, so I uh, asked the people to use the hashtag Garcia time for their questions. Um, yes. So Campionis, I probably mispronounced that. He asked hashtag Garcia time. How much longer of Barnhart and Caselli hitting less than 175 do we have to endure? Uh, Stevenson would be here if it was me. I don't know. I mean, with a 28-man roster, I think you can carry three catchers. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you can. I mean, you can't so, move Casale and how, Barnhart. Go ahead. How Paul. much time has Stevenson caught some of these pitchers that the Reds have right now? He's not had a full spring training to do so. Maybe in the past, but like it's, I feel like it's like one of those situations. They're like, yeah, he's totally ready, but like, is he going to be able to totally command a game? Which he did in the one, in his one start. He did a very very fantastic job, one hundred percent. But I think the Reds are just still a little like worry, not worrisome, uh, worried about him. They're just a little cautious about him. They they to protect that baby too. I mean, he does have a Gold Glove mentor to learn from. So why not call him up? I I think that's I honestly I think that's one of the last pieces of the puzzle right there for Is this the year. Is the defense for Stevenson? As I I think getting. I th- yeah. I think they need. I think they need to call him up. I think he needs to be behind the plate every single day. Um, you know, obviously, I think who is it? Gray likes to throw to Casale because the Vanderbilt connection. Um, and I think Castillo likes to throw to Tucker. I, I think that's the what I. I think that's what I've. I think that's what I've noticed. So I don't think Bauer gives a shit. So I. I say you you, you bring him up, and he's a decent replacement late in games to kind of get his feet wet. But honestly, I I think he needs to start every day. And when you have the DH, you can do that. And I I just – to get his bat in the lineup, I think it's the final piece. I think Stevenson and and building some sort of a a new bullpen on the fly, I think that's your final piece if you're going to make it to the playoffs and have a chance. Chad, your thoughts on the catching situation? I think there's a lot of of, uh, good uh, there. You know, uh, his defense, is it going to be as good as Barnhart? Probably not. Yeah, you know, it's gonna be as good as Casales. I don't know, probably not. But is he gonna hit better than one ninety? You know, I think that the the this team really needs offense right now, and I think it's almost guaranteed that Tyler Stevenson will be better offensively than either of those guys. Mm-hmm. And so I'm ready for Tyler Stevenson to get the you know the lion's share of the playing time at catcher, and let's move Barnhart into kind of that back catcher role where he could be a pretty good backup catcher for a long time. Frankly, um, he's, he's kind of been a backup catcher the last year or two anyway. And, uh, you know, that's a pretty good catching tandem. You got the Stevenson who can, can hit, you got Barnhart who's certain that's, you know, shepherding him along. And I, I see no reason right now other than we really like Kirk Casale cause he's a nice guy. You know, I see no reason not to go ahead and make that, make that move. I mean, you know, Casale's already on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. Um, Tucker will be as well before next year begins. 
let's get the 24 year old former draft pick up here. Let's and and it could be really the final piece. If and if it's not the final piece, at least it's a piece that helps improve this offense. And this offense needs help. So yes, absolutely. For the first time ever, Ryan. correct. <laughs> on my <laughs> on my uh, franchise on MLB the show, I traded Tucker Barnhart to San Diego for Taylor Trammell. You think they'd do that? <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm just Don't kidding. Obviously, I'm, I'm obviously kidding. That, that yeah, yeah. I once I once told Barry Larkin I them in an Xbox MLB game to his face, <laughs> and he still bought bought an Xbox for Shane Larkin off me. There you go. It was oh season. Gosh. I was like, I traded you. I'm sorry. Shout out to the Hall of Famer. No, <laughs> um, uh, another thing too, because Sally, both Sally and Tucker, I believe, are free agents after next year. You have to have a long term option, and it's Stevenson. So yeah, why not get him up? Just get him up. Those guys can mentor him and teach him how to catch everyone. I mean, it's just it's perfect. They're they're there. To, that's what they're there to do. Well, well, that's my point. Are we urgent or are we not urgent? I mean, something's got to give here, and uh, you know. I don't see any reason. What are we clinging to with this catching tandem? You know, it's not like they're playing great. No. I don't get it. No, and I, I agree a hundred percent. And especially this season with the, with the expanded roster, you have the, the the ability to carry a third catcher. You don't need. I mean, he's he's gone right now in Presco Park now. But Travis Jankowski was basically a waste of a roster spot. You don't need wasted spots when you can use that on someone with potential that's i mean that's i would I, rather pound in india than christian clone or or uh, true or travis jankowski yes i know he's was struggled in a and double a but like i mean come on at some point you at some point when you want to be a playoff team you've got to get the best players on your roster and i i honestly can't say if travis jankowski Jankowski or Christian Clone are better than Jonathan India because I'm not sure they are. Well, I'm not they're even gone now. Jonathan but... India fan, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like, I got you. Yeah, these are wasted roster spots. At least we know that Jonathan India is not a dirty hippie. That's true. Like Jankowski, there, there, there's nothing. <laughs> a lot of tats. He, is a he tat. doesn't have a lot of tats. He does. Hey. His hair is kind of long. So tat. I don't know. I'm not. I'm okay with the tats, but the long hair, Chad, the dirty hippies. I'm telling you. There's some out shout out to Burmy, but there's something about those dirty hippies that <laughs> that just get to me. Anyway. <laughs> Buckeye State Sports had a question, hashtag Garcia time. How long until the world how God, I am not able to talk tonight. How long until the world will allow the podcast to be about baseball again? I mean it was about baseball tonight. Baseball. <laughs> I forgot I forgot to add in something before. Chad, you brought up a good point. The Reds um you said nice guy. Casali's a nice guy. Reds suffer from nice guy syndrome. They have for like twenty years with certain players. Like, oh, well, he's a nice guy. You know, they never they never say it, but you can tell like they like certain people because they don't say shit. They don't complain. They just go out and play. And whether they suck or they, you know, they're really good. They don't say about it. And I think the Reds suffer from that nice guy syndrome. I feel like if they do bring, if they would bring up Tyler Stevenson. That would be the end of that era. Like, all right, it's time to put up and shut up threads. Sorry, I forgot to say that before. Do you think it's because they had the biggest jerk in the history of baseball on their team briefly in Jim Edmonds that they want nice guys? <laughs> God, I hate Jim Edmonds. I have a lot of I have a lot of I have a lot of words about Jim Edmonds that I don't want to even bring up on this on this. God, I 
podcast. Jim Edmonds to me. Rumors about him. Yeah, Jim Edmonds to me is the Joe Kim Noah of baseball. Hate Joe Kim Noah, and I hate Jim Edmonds. Not not hate in terms of the word hate. A strong dislike, I'll say. Because they you don't, don't like him because you're a, you are a UK fan. Yeah, and Joe Kim Noah. Never mind. You're gonna get me started. So, oh, you can talk college basketball if you want. I'm okay with that. The Virginia Cavaliers. They won that's national. Right, the last well. national champ that's been played. Two time defending national champs. That's Chad, true. by the way, go Knowles. Sorry, buddy. Get here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully, there'll be a college basketball season this year. We'll see. Anyway, the Reds 2020 World Series asks, hashtag Garcia time. You can only have one type of bread for the rest of your life. What is it? Chad, one type of bread for the rest of your life. The hardest hitting questions on this podcast. Rye? I'm going to say rye. I'm going to go with rye bread. Marble rye. How about that? Marble Ooh, rye. Marble rye. Like Seinfeld, yes. that episode, exactly. classic episode. Wow. <laughs> uh, I like... <laughs> hang on, hang on. I started to say white bread, but I thought twenty twenty. That's not gonna. That's not gonna fly on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like. Uh, I like whole grain bread, just because it's healthy. But I just like the taste. I like the taste of a little of some nice whole grain bread. Ryan, bread. <laughs> um, I'll go with sourdough. That's a good one. All day, every day, love it. Do you make your I'll own? I'll say this. This is an interesting, interesting question because uh, we were having a discussion about maybe rebranding our, our podcast, and somebody suggested we could we should name it the Bread Leg Nation Radio Podcast. Ooh, you could talk about different kinds of bread. And now we get a bread question on my yeah. own. Person. That is weird. That is weird. My mind's blowing here. Think of all I the bread. these dad jokes. Um, Jeff Ruby's <laughs> has a really good rye bread, and that's so, like top notch. It's really good. But once you said marble ride, I haven't had marble ride in a long time. That, that's quick, quick story. Well, as, as a as a rye myself, I completely endorse all rye breads. Quick <laughs> joke, and I ask. Yeah. Quick story. <laughs> One time, my wife and I were at a Italian restaurant, and do you know sometimes you get the Italian bread where they have the, like the olive oil and the pepper, and you can do the little dip, whatever. And there were some people at. Well, let's just say that uh, they weren't from around here. And they were eating the bread, and they kept complaining to the server that the bread wasn't fresh. It was hard on the outside. And about the fourth loaf that came over, they were like, no more bread. <laughs> the bread's not good. And I'm like, that's Italian bread. Anyway. Uh, Hunt for Kevin Outhouse uh, says, hashtag Garcia time tits. Okay. That was his question. Oh, good, Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Dyke has a question. Hashtag Garcia 10. Should the Reds make any changes to the coaching staff or front office? Now, I have been down on David Bell, but I don't think any front office or coaching staff changes happened during the season this year anywhere in baseball just because of the unique circumstances. Chad. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, and I'm, you know, David Bell's lost me too. I'm not calling for him to be fired yet. I think he has some, you know, some value. He's his more open-minded than any Reds manager we've ever had, really, in a lot of ways. But on the other hand, yikes! I can't stand to watch a game that he manages. But uh, no, I don't think it happens. I don't necessarily think it should happen. 
Uh, in the offseason, if the Reds miss the playoffs, I think you're, we're going to hear that conversation. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, but I, I would ranch on it, but I, I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. It, not even just with the Reds. I just don't see it happening anywhere in baseball. Although, <laughs> although the GM of the Mets might be looking for a job, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you should look that up if, God if you bless want him. to. God I God mean, he spoke Brody. the truth about Rob Manfred. And then they made him go and lie and apologize. And I mean, poor Brody. And they spelled his name wrong in the release of his own team. Twice. Twice. Both his owners. own team. Both his owners. own team spelled his name wrong. You can't tell he me. He his resume because he's he's not long for that game. No, he's not. Uh, if you haven't, if you don't know what we're talking about, look it up. He had a hot mic moment, a lot less controversial than Tom's. But how's there the hot thing right now? <laughs> just assume that if you're around that you're being recorded. Let's just say that. Anyway, so, Ryan, front office or coaching staff changes? Um, I mean, I've been pretty critical of David Bell. Um, but her, the thing that drives me nuts about him can be somewhat fixed. Um, I don't like that he tries to play everyone that's on the team in every game. Um, I don't understand that. Um that and the way that he kind of handles his bullpen sort of makes me scratch my head sometimes as well. But I'm not, I don't want him to be, I don't think he should be fired. And I'm willing to chalk this year up to just being 2020 and everything sucks. Uh, but however, you know, next year, if things go badly again, then yes, I'll be calling for his head like everyone else will be. Uh, front office, I'm happy with the front office. I'd, um, I don't have any issues with the way that they've handled things since taking over. Um, in fact, I think pretty good. Um, my, my only issue with the front office this season has been just hanging on to the dead weights too long. Just because you, I mean, it seemed like for a while, David Bell and the front office seemed to think it was a 162 game season. They weren't, they weren't managing and uh, administrating, we'll say with urgency, but I think that's starting to change. So, uh, especially with the call-up of Jose Garcia, and they've dropped Cologne and Irvin and the likes. So, Polly. I think I think you're right. Uh, quickly, just, I want to say, yeah. the fact they called up Jose Garcia is the first the real sense of urgency I've seen from this organization. Because he never would have played in the big leagues this year, I don't think, until maybe a September call-up if yeah. it was a full 162-game season. So that's kind of an impressive move uh, in a lot of ways. Absolutely. See, Chad, I actually... I'm I'm starting to disagree with that a little bit. I think he was part of the plan. <laughs> of course you are. I I do. I think you I honestly I don't think that they they would have brought him up if he wasn't already a part of their plans. You know, contract said that Ryan was not gonna be on the episode that I appear on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we went almost the entire pilot Ryan being a contrarian, but here we go. Oh. No, I, I, I really do. I really do. Um, Ryan has caused me headaches in the past. Uh, uh, just real, once. Real just life once. headaches. Just once. Really bad one. Spe- I don't mean to. <laughs> Shout out to Hunter Green. I uh, uh, love him. Um, <laughs> no, I, I really do. I, honestly, I think the plan was for him to start a double A and – and and try to push him up because I, nothing nothing else makes sense for why they only had Freddie Galvin as a true short shortstop on the roster, and have been trying to push Farmer there. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. I don't, you know, maybe it's just me. Well, I don't I don't mind that they went 
with Freddie Galvis to start just because he's no, I mean, he's got he's got some power offensively and he's, he's defensively. I, I I mean I know there's a lot of people that that gave the Reds grief about Galvis, but I I don't have a problem with him. I mean, other than Gar- before Garcia was called up, your your second out was Kyle Farmer at short. So anyway, uh, Paulie, go I, ahead. Am I an idiot? Yes. Did I read this week yes. that the Reds added? Well, thank you. <laughs> Never start with that on this podcast. <laughs> no, I shouldn't. I got because I am. But did the Reds like announced they hired a hitting coach or like a director of hitting earlier this week. No, I think you're an idiot. That may be Joey Votto's new role. Yeah. No. Uh, hey. Uh, I actually that brings up a good. I think that some of his comments the last and within today, like I think he's realizing like, hey, I should have been probably taking a step back and being a leader for a long ass time, and like saying, hey, maybe you deserve to play today. Maybe I should sit out a few games. I think Joey Votto. I, I don't think you'll see him play as much the rest of the season, but I think you might see him like more opinionated and like kind of like scoot over to someone on the bench and like talk him up a little bit my, more than he has ever have. My hope is this this reset, we'll call it a reset, is just what he needs to maybe clear some headspace. Maybe he was, I mean, that game in Milwaukee, he the one, I mean, two of the called third strikes that he took were balls. Boy. I think he just, my hope anyway, is that he clears his head and is able to come back and contribute because, I mean, let's face it, he's one of the best players in the history of this franchise, and I don't want to see him going out like this. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. Chad, your thoughts? My thoughts are that the Reds have scored six or more runs in three straight games for the first time this year, and so it's very exciting, and I hate the fact that having Joey Votto is not in the lineup. Because Joey Votto is a an all-time Cincinnati Reds legend. I think he's a Hall of Famer, and it hurts me to see him struggle. But you know, I keep saying it. It's my favorite phrase. Father time is undefeated. It's going to happen even to Joey Votto at some point, and we're kind of here. Um, but I'll be a part of a good team. So I want this team to sneak into the playoffs and then make a crazy run to the World Series, at least so we can see Joey Votto on the field celebrating. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Paulie, I don't know what you're doing there. Um, I don't know what I did. <laughs> so, last question comes from Wu, and oh my god! Don't ask. Don't do it. I, I saw it. Don't do it. <sighs> he did it because you're on here. Hashtag I know, Garcia I know. time. What is your favorite Dave Matthews band song? Favorite live song? Favorite deep track? My favorite Dave Matthews song is um, "Hey Now You're an All Star." Chad, <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> I think this is a fantastic question. I love it, Wu. Keep it coming. I get a lot of grief because I've been a Dave Matthews band fan for many years. And let me just say, I come by it honestly. They were like a local town band when I was in college. And, you know, somebody told me one time back in college that, oh, this band's going to be huge. And I'm like, well, they're good, but (laughs) huge. And here they are, you know, however many years later, still still going. So favorite song, Lionheart Graves. And you know, I don't know. Blue Water Baboon Farm. How about that? Wow. That's my answer. Wow. How many times have you seen him live? Um, it's hard to say because I saw him a bunch in college that I didn't. I, I'm not sure how many times when we were in college. We, they, they played every Tuesday night at this club called Tracks 
in Charlottesville, and we'd go down there a bunch and just hang out. Okay. That's what you do. Um, so I would say probably 30 times. Wow. Yes. That's more, that's more than I've seen Metallica. You didn't pay to go see him. That was more like free because they were playing in college. Though. Well, back then, yeah. That was a major okay. cover charge. But now I've All seen right. them. I've seen them in a lot of different places. I've, I've watched lots of their concerts since I've been a grown-up. I can't oh, deny man. it. Uh-oh. Listen, I love me some Dave Matthews. I'm sorry. It is what it is. Hey, it's okay. They're a good jam band. I I, I made a lot of money off of them. I poured beer at uh, Redowns or, oh, gosh, whatever. Can't even think of a place right now. Riverbend. Uh, Riverbend, yeah. Um, and when they played two shows in two nights, that was awesome. Made a lot of good money doing that. Breaking uh, news. Satellite. Satellite's my favorite. Oh, breaking song news. Of theirs. Mainly just because. Satellite. Yeah. Satellite. Wilson Contreras just launched one into orbit. It's now a two run game off of Robert Stevenson. And Matt I want to. Brown Red's bullpen. <laughs> and I kind of want to get off of the Dave Matthews band. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm just going to take abuse over it, so let's just move on. Yeah, it's, all, it's all good. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, to be fair, they're not Nickelback, so it's not that bad. Well, they're not quite Nickelback. <laughs> I mean, it's close. Anyway, but, I mean, they're not U2. Oh, God, I can't stand U2. Oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> they're better than Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> oh, Bruce Springsteen is the worst. Now, now, listen here. I will not have this kind of slander in my Bruce, presence. I don't think so. Bruce, here. Ryan, wow. Bruce Springsteen sounds like a dog with kennel cough when he sings. I don't give a shit. It's not about his singing voice. It's about the lyrics. It's about the lyrics. The thing. It's about the band that's behind him. It's one of the Here's best the live shows I've ever seen in my life. His lyrics include, I'm going to throw that speedball by you. Get out of here. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Maybe he I means speedball in the literal sense. Oh, well, I hadn't thought about that. He may be a genius. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people were confused about his Deuce Coop um, lyric, but. Rev up like a douche. <laughs> yeah, so Bruce Springsteen's terrible, and he should no, be ashamed not. of himself. He's amazing. <laughs> so, on that note, we'll, we'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. We've gone about an you hour. You know what? Here. Hold on. I have, I have a question. Okay, have a question go ahead. For Chad. I have a question for Chad. Chad, um,. Who was your favorite starting pitcher in the 2017 Cincinnati Reds season? <laughs> That's random. Trying to set it on a tee for me. Let me pull that. Let me pull that team up. I don't know who's on that team. Mm, you do. Uh oh. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, you're not really gonna make me say that on this podcast, are you? I am. Um... Breaking news: Jason Hayward just went deep. Did he really? Oh, who the Reds you put in? Lisa Leto. Bonnie. Bonnie. Yes. I said that in a year. Come on. Love it. They're uh, they're probably going to bring in Iglesias now. Any Chad? Any new projects? Any new writing? Anything new or anything? Not right now. I just got a new job to get fired. (laughs) Chad, what was what was that book you wrote again? The Big 50. Oh, yes. yes. I appreciate you all making fun of my uh, ridiculous accent on this uh, podcast occasionally. What do you mean? Hey, what my... do you mean? Oh, last <laughs> week, uh, <laughs> imitations. Is... Imitation <laughs> is the greatest form of flattery. Oh, it's I all, have... all in good fun. Love this podcast, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Chad, you can, you I have your book Keep on, up my, the average uh, work. on my desk. There. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah, everybody, <sighs> go buy Chad's book because yes. it is it, – no, all seriousness, it's it's very good. You all go buy it. I yes, appreciate please. it. Thank you very much. We uh, we did put some work into it, and I like it. And 
the fact that red stink means that there's you know we're not gonna have to add a chapter ever so well yeah. i mean the 51st biggest moment will be what tom brenneman did if you want to write about that that'll about wrap up this edition of the podcast we'll go around the room here everybody give their final thoughts and chance since you were the guest of honor give us your final thoughts first you know, only final thoughts are that, uh, listen, I love what you guys do here, and I, I do uh, try to listen every single week. I think it's hilarious, and uh, I'm glad I'm finally in a position uh, professionally where I could uh, come on here and uh, and have some fun with you guys. Uh, so I really do mean it. Keep it up. Uh, you bring something that it, we don't get anywhere else. So well, thank I, you for inviting I appreciate that, and you're welcome anytime. Anytime. And I'm glad that uh, you were able to be on tonight. Ryan, final thoughts. Well, first off, I'd like to get a shout out to Graham at Unc Graham, and uh, and also a shout out again to uh, to Sydney at Trans Red Fan, and uh, I hope the Mariners are treating you well. Yeah, we should we should get Sydney back on the podcast. Sydney was on a long time ago. I would love ago. to. Well, I would love to. I think I think her voice needs to be heard. Absolutely. Um, that was a great article that C Trent wrote. That uh, yeah, we didn't, but yeah, I, I agree with that. Here's the thing, Polly. Your final thoughts. Here's the thing, Chad. Thank you very, very much for the kind comments. Uh, you do a lot of good work yourself. And um, there's not, there is a lot of baseball, but there is not a lot of baseball. So I hope the Reds are urgent and they do some good business and they find themselves in the playoffs. Well, for my final thoughts, first, I want to give a shout out to the sponsor of the podcast, the Sports Gallery. Uh, go see Callie and wear your mask so she doesn't destroy you. And buy your Reds memorabilia. I want to give a shout out to all those players that we talked about earlier who stood up for what they believed in. And just want to thank everybody for listening and thank Chad for coming on. And thank Chad. I think Doug Gray wants to thank Chad for giving him more work. Um, <laughs> I have it. Yeah. Shout out to Doug. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Doug because uh, Matt Davidson had an RBI single against a right-handed pitcher. So I'm just saying. Uh, so for Chad, Dotson, and Ryan, and this is Coop saying we'll talk to you later. Cincinnati, Ohio.